welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Who's ready for a good morning this morning? Yes. Who's ready for God to speak? Amen. You know, last night we talked about it's your time to live in peace. And today I want to talk about it's your time to live in destiny. And I'm going to follow that on in our next session with it's your time to make a mark on the world. And I know they're very similar, but I want to talk this morning about your destiny. And you know, I'm going to show a little snippet of one of my favorite movies in just a minute. But I just want to ask you a couple of thought-provoking questions and just have a think about it for a minute. But do you know where you're going in life? Do you know where you're going? You know, when I jump in the car, Cameron loves jumping in the car and going on prayer drives. He loves it. He just drives all over the place. Or he'll just jump in the car and just discover and explore Queensland. I can't do that. I am what you call directionally challenged. So even, I mean, I was joking to Kath before. I was sitting in, I was sitting in the office and Kath's like, I'll get someone to come and get you. And I said, no, seriously, I've been to the office and back like four or five times, right? And I'm like, seriously, it's fine. I'll walk myself. I won't get lost, right? Seriously, there's like one door I had to find. So what do I do? I come out of the office and I walk down to I don't know where and I open a door and it's locked. It was the wrong door. I got lost. I seriously got lost. Because I said to you, I go, if I'm not here in 10 minutes, come and get me. I was like, I'm terrible. So if I go for a drive, I can't do a prayer drive like Cameron does because I've got to be able to know where I'm going. Like, who just can drive for the sake of driving? I take my hat off to you if you can just, the man at the back, one gentleman sitting at the back. I can. I cannot just drive without a purpose. If I start driving and, pray, driving and praying, I'd get totally lost on the praying side and the driving side. And I just look at all the beautiful houses and the gardens and get some ideas for my house. I need to know where I'm going. And you know, life is like that too. If you don't have a purpose and you don't have a plan, who knows where you're going to end up? And you know, this conference is called Significant Women and it is your time. It is your time to walk in destiny. It is your time to live an extraordinary life. But you know, we will never have an extraordinary life if we think ordinary thoughts. If you think ordinary, you will live ordinary. If you think extraordinary, you will live extraordinary. And you might be saying, that sounds really good, but what's your scripture for that? You know, the Bible says, as a person thinks in his heart, Proverbs 23 verse 7, as a person thinks in his heart, so he shall become. That tells me that your thoughts are linked to your destiny. So what you think today, today's thoughts are tomorrow's destiny. Today's thoughts are your tomorrow's destiny. So we need to start thinking about what we're thinking about. Because so often, we just think unintentionally. You know when you're driving down the road and then you think, was that a red light I just went through? (laughs) Was the light green? I didn't even, was that a set of traffic lights? I'm not even sure. And you know, you just drive mindlessly. For me, the worst time of the day is driving my kids home from school. I'm like brain dead by then. By three o'clock, especially if I've worked, 
And Ashton, my youngest, talks the hind leg off a donkey. He talks and talks and talks. He's like his father. I'm actually quiet by nature. He does not be quiet. And, and Liam, who's not well at the moment, he'll often in the back seat go, Ashton, can you be quiet now? He talks from the second he gets in to the second we get home. And I just let him because I'm just driving. Just mindlessly thinking, you know, my friend calls three o'clock onwards arsenic hour. I agree, because you know when you get home, you've got to do the dishes that you didn't do from breakfast, probably make the bed that you rushed out and didn't make, get the kids' afternoon tea, and oh my goodness, what have I got for them? I've got nothing in the house. You know, pop past the shops, start thinking about dinner, do the children's homework, do the 10 loads of laundry that are there, fold the laundry you didn't fold. There's all these things. It's arsenic hour, you know, get them bathed, try and do the devotions with them because, you know, you're a godly mum and that's what you do, and then get them into bed and go, yes, I love seven o'clock. Except my daughter's getting older and it's now become quarter past eight. And I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I've got a rule. I said to her, I don't care what time the other children go to bed. You will always go to bed at eight o'clock. <laughs> and then eventually she'll go at 10 and I'll go at eight. But that's probably how it's going to work. But you know, we, we often just cruise through life on autopilot. You know, when you put your car on cruise control and you're just mindlessly going down the road. God does not intend for us to live that way because as we think, we become. If we think mindlessly, we're going to live a mindless life. If we think small, we're going to live small. If we think just ordinary, we're going to live ordinary and that's not who we're called to be. We are called to be women who are significant. We're called to be women who live with intention. We're called to be women who live an extraordinary life. And you know what? I don't care if that is living an extraordinary life in the most mundane moments of your life. Like I'm talking, I remember when my kids were small and I was, you know, at home and it was tedious and it was boring. And even now I work in a state school and often I sit there and I think, you know what? What I'm doing right here, right now with my little, e I teach ESL, you know what that is, English as a second language. That's in one school, that's what I do. I teach all the little Asians and all the little beautiful Iraq, Irani children and I teach them English. And, you know, I sit there and I think, they don't know God. What I do with them is just as significant as what I might do up here. You know, when I'm with my children and I'm putting them to bed, that is just as significant as when I might be standing up talking to a thousand young people at our Youth Alive conference. Never, ever despise the mundane or the little things that you do in there in your life. Because every moment is called to be a significant moment. We are called to live extraordinary. So what, what consumes your thought life? If our thoughts are tied to our destiny, what consumes your thinking during the day? I mean, how often do we really kind of intentionally sit there and think to ourselves, I'm called to do extraordinary things. I'm going to have a fantastic life. I'm going to have a great day today. We have to do that on purpose. The Bible says in Colossians to set your mind and keep it set. So, you know, like today, I set my alarm clock. I purposely set it because I wanted to get up at quarter past seven. I set it. We have to do that with our thinking every day. We have to set our thinking. But then the trick is, the Bible goes on to say, keep it set. Set it and keep it set. I don't want one of my days to be an ordinary day. I want every day to somehow be an extraordinary day. Whether it be that I touch someone's life in my little ESL class 
or I give a positive word. You know, I remember one day going through the, um, the checkout at, at Woolies and this lady was kind of slow. And, you know, you kind of get annoyed at that because you want to hurry up and get out. But I thought she had trainee on her badge and I thought, you know what, it's her first time. Can you imagine trying to, you know, they put her in the express aisle for goodness sake. <laughs> it's like, that's cruel. That's terrible. I know how slow I'm trying to be when I'm trying to learn things for the first I smile and nod so they think I'm getting it, but I'm like, what? <laughs> like I, with this whole ESL thing, I, I have to deal with the children's visas. I'm like, what? I have no idea. But when they're telling me, I just nod and smile. And my principal sends me emails saying, Renee, I just got an email from the regional office. I'll leave this in your capable hands. And I just, what on earth am I doing? I have no idea. And, you know, and so as I went through, I thought, you know what, this poor lady. And so I just encouraged her. I go, you're doing a really good job. And she smiled from ear to ear. I thought, you know what, if I just made her day, then that's, that's made my day. But we're called just not to live mindlessly or blankly. I want to just show you this little snippet. If you have not seen The Iron Lady, it is a fantastic movie. I loved it. But we've got a, a two-minute two snippet ready to go. So if we could pop that on, please. Go, Maggie. Well, Meryl Streep, but Maggie. How awesome was she? I thought, I can get down now. I don't need to say anything else to you ladies. That was, she did it. She preached it right there. She quoted the Bible. She said, what we think we become. She goes, now thoughts and ideas, because people are governed by what they feel instead of what they think. And I think that is so true. We're governed by what we feel. How I'm feeling today. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling, feeling, feeling. She was called the Iron Lady for a reason. <laughs> she didn't go by what she, what she felt. She went by her thoughts because she understood that your thoughts become who you are. So, you know, I just, um, I don't know if the, the guys ended up getting able to get that, but I just, those, that little thing that she went through, she started off by talking about your thoughts and she said, there it is. You, you watch your thoughts, they become your words. Just write those six down for me. Because to me, this explains exactly perfectly well how our thoughts are tied to our destiny. The Bible says how we think we become. And thank you, Maggie Thatcher. She kind of filled in the middle bit for us, which I love. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become your character. And your character becomes your destiny. That is so awesome. When I heard that, I was so incredibly inspired. You see, tomorrow's destiny is tied to today's thoughts. Your destiny is tied up in what you think. You know, I want to give you an example. Now, I work with young people, so I'm just going to use an example of, of some young people. You know, there are different kinds of kids that, you know, come along to your youth group. But I want to take, and I'm just going to... I, Sorry if I'm using your name, but let's just take a girl called Sarah, for example. Okay, and let's study one of her thoughts. She is not a confident girl. Let's say she's, you know, lacks confidence. She doesn't have very many friends and she kind of thinks to herself, I'm just not a popular kind of person. Now, I, I actually relate to that. I was incredibly shy when I was younger, incredibly shy, came from a broken home and just did not like being around big groups of people. Okay, so Sarah's thinking to herself, I'm not very popular. Now, she goes along to youth group and, you know, she starts to look at some other people and, you know, her thoughts start to be reflected in her words. You know, you can hear what, what teenagers are thinking by what they say and, you know, she might go home and say to her, Mum, I don't really like going because I don't really have many friends. I'm not as popular. I'm not in the in group. 
So her thoughts have become her words. Now her words become her actions because when she comes to youth, she kind of steers clear of the popular people and the in crowd and she withdraws. And now her actions become her habit. She starts coming to youth late, leaving early. She doesn't really come a lot. She misses a lot of youth group. Then her habit has now become her character because when people see her, they see her as a young girl that lacks confidence. She's quiet. She doesn't talk to many people. She's shy. So see, her thought at the beginning of I'm not popular has now led to her becoming her character. Then they start advertising they've got a youth camp or a youth conference on. And this girl, Sarah, because she's not feeling like she fits in or she belongs and she's really quiet and she doesn't have many friends, she thinks, you know what, I'm not going to go. And so she doesn't sign up. And all of her friends go off to youth camp and she doesn't. And she misses out on hearing from God. She misses out on an encounter with God. Let's flip that over and let's take someone else. Let's take Rebecca. Completely different. She thinks things like, you know what, people like me. I've got lots of friends. People are, dr- are drawn to me. I enjoy my life. That's her thinking. So that then is reflected in her words. Mum, I love going to youth. I've got so many cool friends there. This is then reflected in her actions. She goes to youth. She looks for people to talk to and hang out with. And it becomes her habit. She goes every week. She becomes involved. She loves going. She finds the other people that don't really fit in and she draws them in and she, she grabs a big group and they sit together and they, every week they're there. This is now reflected in her character because people look at her and go, gee, she's a friendly girl. I want to be with her. She's someone I want to be friends with. She's awesome. She's got a real something on her life. Then youth, is, uh, youth camp is advertised. And Rebecca's the first one to sign up. She's like, I'm not missing out. She signs up. She gets a group of her friends and says, come on, let's all sleep in the same dorm together. Let's sign up. Let's go. They go to youth camp. She encounters God. She gets a word from God about her future. Her heart is set. Her path is set. And her destiny is changed. Now, that's a really simple example. But can you see how your thinking can determine and change your very destiny? I mean, I look at even the big things of life. I met my husband in church. I, my entire life has changed because of who I married because years ago I thought even though I was shy and even though I was from a broken home, when I started going to my youth group and my church, I just loved God with all my heart and I remember I made a decision, two decisions in my mind. I made one decision that I'd never go out with anybody unless I thought it was maybe the person I could marry. So I didn't bother going out with anyone when I was like 10 in primary school and like cute blonde haired Heath was knocking on the library door because I admit it, I was the nerdy library monitor at lunch because I had no friends. So of course, what do you do? You sign up for library monitor. I was a sad, my my kids are so funny. If I say this to my kids now, Ashton goes, mum, don't say that. I'm going to cry because I always say to them, I didn't have any friends in primary school. They're like, and he tears up. I'm, I know, bless him. He was one of these babies that, I'm a mean mother. I would pretend to cry. <laughs> like I, he would look at me and I'd go. <laughs> and he would go from to. And his lip, and he would cry. Cameron used to think I was so cruel. But I just thought it was so cute that I could pretend to do something and he would completely start to cry. But he's still like it. So he's so cute. And he'll go, mum, don't say that. You've got lots of friends now. I'm like, yes, mummy has lots of friends now. But Cameron teases me about it all the time. He's like, you and I don't know, friend. But um, 
Now I've lost my train of thought. Oh, so I just, yes, yes. So I had Heath in year six, wanted to go out with me. But you know, as a little girl coming from a broken home too, and I really think to this day it was a God thing, I just decided I'm not going to go out with anyone till I meet my husband. And thank God I did. Because you know what? I think if I had met anyone else along the way and given my heart to someone else, whether they were the wrong person or the right person, because I'd grown up without a dad, I could have easily made a mistake. So that was one decision I made. See, my thought became my destiny. And the other decision was, even though I was incredibly shy, I loved God so much that I was like, you know what, God, whatever you ask me to do in my life, I'm going to do it. Whatever opportunity you give me, I will take it. And I, and I got myself involved in my youth group and in my church, and that changed my entire destiny. I am who I am today, because back here I made a decision and I thought on purpose. You see, as you think, you will become. And the thing is, it's a continual evolving thing. You know, like I used to, my thoughts used to be, I want to be a real full on woman of God and I want to change people's lives and I want to get married and I want to have children. Well, I've done all that and now I'm over here and now I have to start thinking again and going, God, what else have you got for me? What great things have you got for my life? You've called me to be extraordinary. You've called me to live a significant life and I have to start thinking new things and dreaming new dreams. No matter where you're at or what season you find yourself in. You know, and I'm talking about in the little things as well as in the big things. What time am I meant to finish? Okay, five minutes. Okay, whip, whip, whip. Okay, you know what? I'm going to quickly just share with you. You know, in the Bible, I I touched on it briefly last night. Matthew 5 talks about the woman with the issue of blood. And I just want to quickly read it to you because I'm going to finish with this. Because I want to show you in the scripture how that same, that six steps works. Okay. So Mark chapter 5, verse, sorry, Mark, yeah, chapter 5, verse 25. Um, And there was a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years and who had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better but instead grew worse. She had heard the reports concerning Jesus and she came up behind him in the throng and touched his garment. For she kept saying, if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. And immediately her flow of blood was dried up at the source and suddenly she felt in her body that she was healed of her distressing ailment. Can I just have those six words back up there again? Let me just quickly walk you through this little little verse using those. Okay, her thoughts. I believe this woman would have had to have disciplined her thoughts. She had endured, it says in verse 26, verse 25, she had a flow of blood for 12 years. And she had endured suffering under the hands of many physicians. But the fact that she was willing to still try and find an answer, I believe she had actually disciplined her thoughts to, you know what? I'm not always going to be this way. There is an answer out there for me. Because sometimes when we struggle with something for so long, we tend to think things like, I'm always going to struggle with this. I'm always going to be this way. This situation is never going to change. But I believe that this woman's thinking was one of, you know what? There is an answer. I'm going to find it and I'm going to keep going until I get my breakthrough. And this was reflected in her words because she says here, if I, in verse 28, if I just touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. See, her thoughts had to have been reflected in her words. Me, I probably would have been thinking, what's it going to do if I'm going to just touch this piece of cloth? Whoopie-doo. 
What's a piece of cloth going to do? But you see, her thinking must have been such that she was like, I know today is my day of breakthrough. And if I just touch the hem, it says that she actually said it. If I just touch the hem of his garment. And do you know, it also says that she said it over and over to herself. It said that she kept, if you look at it, verse 28, she kept saying it. We need to encourage ourselves until we get our breakthrough. She didn't just say once, ah, I might just touch the hem of that man's garment over there and I might be healed. I believe she kept saying it over and over and over and over because she was encouraging herself and pushing back the negative thinking. So even though the thoughts were like, this isn't going to work, nothing's going to change, you're going to go there and be the same as you were yesterday and for the last 12 years, she kept saying, if I just touch the hem, I'm going to be healed. If I just touch the hem, I'm going to be healed. If I just touch the hem. And you see, it's the same with us. God, I know my breakthrough's coming. God, I know my breakthrough's on its way. God, I know things are not always going to be this way. God, I hold on to you. See, and this then determined her actions. She pressed forward against the crowd. That probably wasn't in her nature. She was an unclean woman. Women back then who were bleeding were meant to be out of the city. She, her actions now were that she was pressing forward. She was touching people. She was unclean. She was not meant to be touching them. Her actions were now determined. Her thoughts became her words. Her words made her press through the crowd. And this changed her character because what did Jesus say about her? He said, woman of faith. He called her a woman of faith. So now her character has changed because of her thoughts. If she had thought it's never going to change, nothing's ever going to work, then she wouldn't have pressed through the crowd and Jesus would never have said to her, woman of faith. And then her destiny was she was healed. So see, as she thought, she became. Her thoughts led to her words. Her words determined her actions. Her actions became her character and her character became her destiny. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.